0: Take your Bible, go with me to Luke 10. I want to talk to you tonight about the big five. And uh, as you go, there's a very common passage of scripture. Um, many of you probably uh, ha- are familiar with it. Um, and it's about Martha and Mary. And so, as we get started tonight, um, I want to ask you a question How productive are you? How productive are you in your faith? How, how, how big of a stride are you making? In your faith if you're if you were to rate your faith and on a scale of 1 to 10 10 being the most effective you you wake up every day and you're you're getting W's all day and you're making progress in your faith if you were to rate it from 1 to 10 10 being the greatest where would you rate yourself how productive are you in faith this this uh, this text talks about this text talks about Martha and Mary, and let's read it together. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her the kids got this saying. They got this saying and, and it, it goes something like this and they can correct me if I'm wrong, but they say, you're doing too much. When somebody's doing something for attention, they just, they're just being too much, they'll say he's doing too much or she's doing too much. And this is Jesus saying to, Mar- to Martha, Martha, you're doing too much. You're just doing too much. Whenever you do what you do for recognition rather than transformation, you're doing too much. You could turn this air off. It just is distracting. So ask yourself, whatever it is you do, whatever it is you do, first you've got to like, recognize that you do something you do something, but whatever it is, ask yourself what you do, do you do it to garner the attention of the world? Or do you do it to be transformed and renewed on the inside? Mary, what Mary was doing, Jesus said, no, no. What she is doing is the one thing that is most beneficial and I'm not gonna tell her to quit doing it but Martha you are just doing too much and let me ask you how much are you doing we live in a society in a world today that wants you to do everything that wants you to go here and wants you to do that it 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 claws for your attention have you taken the time to examine in your life what is most important what's most important what's most important to you what every here's the thing everybody is called to something nobody is called to everything nobody and I don't care how gifted you are. You know, we, we, uh, it's a virtue for many people to say, I'm multitasking. And if you, if you believe that you have the ability to multitask, I want to just emphatically tell you, you're wrong. Because you're probably doing so much that, that the one thing you're supposed to be doing is, is not being done and because you're doing so much you're only moving all of those things an inch at a time and if you were to edit your life and take away some things and say God what is the one thing what are the two things what are the three things what are the five things okay what are the five things God that you want me to do I have a saying when people try to give me stuff to do you know what I tell them I do five things I I literally say this I do five things and I don't go beyond that because I know that I can't do everything but I can do a few things I can do a few things but I know I can't it's arrogant and it's it's self-deceiving to believe that you can do everything right something is the one thing that maximizes effectiveness and brings you the greatest fulfillment so you got to figure out what your something is something is the one thing that maximizes your effectiveness and brings you the greatest fulfillment you know most people don't know what brings them the greatest fulfillment No, no, they they get out there and by accident, by accident, they stumble into it. But, But they're so busy doing these other things that they neglect the thing that brings them the greatest fulfillment. Mary found it. Mary found it. And you know, most times, the thing that brings you the greatest fulfillment will be the thing that transforms you the most. There's transformation in it. Everything is equally tempting and destructive when you're a visionary. Give me your attention. This is, this is, this is so massive in the kingdom that I need you to pay attention. Because, because you were born again, Jesus said this, you can't even see the kingdom unless you're born again. But once you're born again, then, then, then what comes with a a new birth, what comes with a new birth is this ability to see what other people cannot. And because of that, we develop this arrogance and this deception that because we can see a thing, it means we should do the thing we see. And you, you know how much discipline it takes to say just because I see it, Doesn't mean I'm called to it And you and I have got to determine what it is God has called us to Not what God has allowed us to see Because as a believer you see The mysteries of the kingdom the Bible tells us that the mysteries are are known to you and you see and The cocktail of deception to the believer is just because you see something doesn't mean you're supposed to do what you see. God always does more with less. There's a story in the Bible about fish and loaves. Remember the story? There's actually two stories. Actually, there's three. Elijah did it. But there's this, these two stories in the Bible. The one story says that, that they had, I think it's like two fish and five loaves, right? And when, had, when God had two fish and five loaves, he fed more people with less than he did when they gave him more fish and loaves. So, we, so I want, what I want you to understand tonight is that God will do more. If you stop doing trying to do everything, it'll, this is liberating to some of us. This will liberate you tonight. If you get this in your spirit, this will liberate you because it will, it will take away guilt. You feel, you feel the spiritual guilt because you see, you see a void. You feel like you have to fill a void. Mary said, no, I see, I see what needs to be done in the kitchen, but I understand that the thing that's going to create transformation in my life is if I stay over here and I do this thing. And I'm asking you tonight, do you know what your one thing is that Jesus has called you to do? Because God does more with less. You see, the more, the more you do, the less he, he wants to do anything with you. Not that He wants to, He wants to, but once you start doing it in your strength, God says, "Well, then you don't need mine." So He always does more with less. Are you busy? How busy are you? What are you trying to do? Are, do you, are you looking for attention? Or are you looking for transformation? You know, most people, most people do what they do for God because they want the attention that comes with it. It's the wrong reason. It's the wrong reason. If whatever it is you're doing, you do it unto the Lord. You do it because you realize in so doing, you become transformed and you become a transformer. You begin to transform those around you while you become transformed. It was interesting tonight. You could tell, you could tell when the atmosphere shifted, when Sarai, when Sarai went all the way into the presence of the king. Suddenly, there was a shift and everybody else came with her. Everything, here's what I want you to know. Everything is a thief. Everything is a thief. And if you feel compelled to do everything, it's robbing you of the one thing that will transform you. It it will. It is a thief of time. It is a thief of your energy. It is a a thief of your resources. It is a thief of your mind, your thoughts. Everything is a thief, man. Everything is poor stewardship. Stewardship. Because you only got so many hours of your day. You only got so much energy to invest. And if you, if, you, if you catch yourself doing stuff, you're not supposed to be. Now here, some of us need to understand this. Some of the stuff, most, most of the stuff you're doing, you're not supposed to be doing. That's hard to hear. But I'm, I'm, I, you, I can see. Can't you see people wasting time? Can't you see people wasting resources? Why are you doing that? That's such a waste. You're wasting time. You know what? I see people do stuff, and I'm like, man, you're going to be back in like five years with a story. And and just and going to lose a lot in those five years. Because everything is poor stewardship. If you're trying to do everything, it's poor stewardship. Stop doing everything and start doing something. This is my encouragement to you tonight. Stop doing everything and start doing something. Everything is that which distracts you from the priority of the sacred. You hear me? Everything is whatever distracts you from the priority of what is sacred. Do you? I just said a lot. There is so much distraction right now. There's so much distraction. The enemy knows if he can distract you with everything, I mean, every little juicy piece of gossip, every little, every little piece of drama, if he could just, if he could lock you into to frustration and he could lock you into to being offended, he could, if he could just distract you with everything else that's happening, he can take, away, take you away from what is sacred in your life. So I want to encourage you to start doing a few things consist- consistently rather than everything occasionally. As believers, if we could just... And I, I want you to understand that faith is pretty boring for the most part. Yeah, you know it's pretty boring. It's boring if you, if you practice faith, you wake up every day, read your Bible, there's a routine you slip into with Jesus, and for the most part, it's pretty boring. But that, that consistent life over time, incremental investments over time, incremental investments over time, a little, a little bit, a little bit, more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, when crisis comes, guess what? You're ready. But if you're divided, if, 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 you're, if you're not taking the consistent time in the morning to do what you know you need to do, if you're not being consistent in your discipline, if there's not this regimen with Jesus that's created in your life, then suddenly you're, you're empty, you're empty. Crisis comes to your life. It comes knocking on the door. It's like, I am here. Do you have, the creditor has come and he wants to take. Are you prepared? So, so faith I want to encourage you to start to do consistently the one thing or the two things or the, the things that God has called you to do rather than just running endlessly in directions out of crisis. Most of us operate we, we move from one crisis to another crisis. I got to make this phone call, then I got to send this, then I got to go and I got to write this paper, then I got to go over here, then I got to send this email and I got to do that. And then there's this person I got to meet with and that person wants me to do what they want me to do for them because God says I should. You know, how I mean? everybody wants me to meet this one dude. Everybody wants me to meet him. I got, I got, and I got heavy hitters calling me, Troy. I I want you to meet, you got to meet this dude, man. You got to meet him. You got to join his thing and what he's doing. And I need you, you, CNC needs to be a part of it, man. And I got everybody around him telling me, you got to join this thing. And I say, hey, man, guess what? I do five things, bro. I do five things. And I know that God's called me to do those five things. And I don't know what he's doing, but maybe that's his thing. And I'm, I bless him and I'm glad he's doing it but I got five things to do and they got all of my attention and they are transforming me and they're transforming community and I ain't got no time to be doing what they're doing you got to stay focused because everybody wants you to do like hey man and everybody's got something that they think like listen man God's in this you got to be a part of this man you got to do this they got great ideas for you but great ideas are not God ideas Great idea is not God's. That's not what God gave you to do. That God, that's what And stop, stop, giving, stop giving me what God gave you to do. I don't want to do what God gave you to do. I got my own stuff to do. But if you don't know what God gave you to do, guess what? Somebody's going to come over to you and give, give you what God gave them to do. It happens. Man, God told me to do this. You should do that. You know how many people tell me, you should do that. No, you should do that. I do five things. And I got my hands full. You got to define what your things are. And I'm telling you, if you, you know what you should do? You should go in your phone and in your calendar and you should fill your calendar with five things. So when the next time somebody comes to you and asks you, hey, can you come over here and do this thing for me on this date? You can honestly tell them. This is a hack, man. I'm giving you a life hack right now. So you ain't got to be lying to everybody. I'm I'm giving you a lot. I'm giving you a hack right now. This This is a pastor hack right now. I told Pastor Marla, I said, you need to fill your schedule up right now with what? Five things. What? What am I supposed to put in there? One, two, three, four, five. Put it all up in there. So when somebody comes to you and they offer you the thing that they want you to do, they want to employ your anointing for their thing. They want to take your talent, your gift, come over, sing for me, come over, preach for me, come over here, do this for me. Come. They're going to come and they're going to, they're, going to, they're going to give you their thing. And you can look at them and go, I'm booked. I am all locked up solid for the entire month to the entire summer is full. That's a hack. And it's not a lie. I got five things. And it does, I'm not being... I'm not being disingenuous when i tell you those five things those are the things that god's called me to but you've got to determine what has god called you to mary didn't apologize notice she didn't get up she didn't apologize she didn't say oh martha fine i'll get up i'll stop doing this thing that's tra- that's creating transformation in my life that's making such a difference in my life i'll stop doing that and come do what you're doing that's not what she did she didn't apologize for it and and it's time for the believers to do what they do without an apology for doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. yeah. you, you, it's time for you to just, you know, the anointing doesn't, doesn't ask for permission. God's presence doesn't need to ask for permission in your life. Something is always effective. This is how you know. Because something always is measurable. Measurable. It's, it's always moving in a positive direction. So I do five things, and I want to I encourage you to make these five things a priority here at Church on the North Coast. And when somebody asks me, what do you do? I say, man, I do five things. I do gatherings because they're important. Because the presence of Jesus is, is, is always available when we gather. So gatherings are so important that the enemy over you know, over time has known how powerful it is when we gather together and we touch and agree for something. So he knows that that's, that's important. And so what he tries to do to everyone in the world, and everyone in the world, he tries to lock, lock us out of gatherings. And if you go back, that's not we just went through two or two or three years of it as if it's a novel idea. But if you go back through time, historically, you will see whenever the enemy tried to to create a massive work of evil in the in the land, he would lock God's people out of gathers. He would keep them from touching and agreeing because he realizes that when they touch and they agree, when they gather, the presence of Jesus is available. He knows. Powers and principalities know how effective gathering is. You want to know why all hell comes against you on Wednesday night and Sunday morning? You want to know why your car breaks down and your kids are cussing at you and throwing shoes at you on Sunday morning and everybody's tired and everybody's grumpy and irritated? You want to know why? Because the devil knows. If he can keep you away from other believers, he can distract you and take you away from the one thing God's called you to do. He knows it, so we do gatherings. So I want to encourage you to gather. That's what I do. I'm like, listen, man, we're going to to create gatherings, and we're going to focus on those gatherings, and we're going to make those gatherings uh, uh, presence-focused. The presence of Jesus is all we're after in those gatherings. Number two, we worship. We do gatherings and we worship. You know, the world is desperate, is so desperate for the church to define what worship really is. It's mad. I mean, you, you look at the Grammys, you look at like CMT, there's, it's just Satan worship right now. And what, what's so needed right now is for the bride to begin to, to to like translate what worship really is to a culture that has gone mad. When, when King Saul would lose his mind, David would walk into the room and what would he do? He would calm the madness of the kings by his worship. And the only way, you know, like, 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 it's these, all of the political unrest, all of this crazy chaos in the world. You know what, what's so needed right now? What's needed right now is for a church to walk into the room and change the atmosphere with our worship unapologetically begin to lift the name of jesus higher and higher and higher and you know i'll never forget it for as long as i live we're on the steps of the lincoln memorial a warm april day and, and and i had a bunch of young adults with me and and we're there and they start. They, we just get there we were standing right where dr king gave his message and we we're standing there and there's about 15 of us and, and they start worshiping you know there's just a guitar and and some i forget the song it was like a I don't know, it's just some, some song of the day. They were singing it, man. And the cop comes over, the, the police officer comes over and says, listen, you, 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 can't, uh, you can't do this here. And when they heard the police officer say that to me, they lifted their, it, it went up noticeably. They noticeably lifted their voices higher. And now suddenly all, you could see all of the attention. There was there was hundreds, thousands of people everywhere. All of their attention was just focused on us. And, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a bus pull up. And this bus pulled up. And all, these about 25 or 30 Muslim students came. And they surrounded us. As they were walking by, they surrounded us. And they were speaking in in uh, and in that uh, Arab, 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 arabic they were speaking arabic and 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 they were shouting and I, I didn't know what they were saying i just thought this is the night i'm going to jail it's like i'm gonna they're gonna put me in jail tonight and as they surrounded us and they were screaming and 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 I'm just I'm like they they, they lifted their worship even higher noticeably the, the the volume increased they began to and it's all on video and and so the 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 Muslim students walked, they kind of meandered away after a while because, I mean, they were all lost in Jesus. And, and then suddenly I, I, I said, listen, guys, pack the guitar up. Let's get out of here. You know, like before before, you know, something happens that we can't control. And so we go to pack up and we're getting ready to leave. And, and all of a sudden I noticed here come the Muslim students. They're running down the stairs towards us. They came out of the, the, the entrance there and they're running towards us. And I'm like, oh, no, here we go here we go and and they they grabbed the one grabs me and in very broken english he says what was that and and i was like i said listen dude you know i'm like listen dude like they were just we were just worshiping jesus and he and he began to cry he began to weep and he said do it again we want to worship with you and within seconds 25 muslim students began to lift their voice to jesus and every one of them gave their lives to the Lord. So we, we worship, man. Our worship is Jesus-centric. We, we focus on the presence of Jesus. He's the priority, not the songs. And we want to sing songs that, that we don't know. We want to get lost in the song of the Lord. And so we, we do gatherings and we do worship. And, and, and we do students. We do students from, you know, from zero to to 25. We do students. Why? Because we're playing the long game. We're playing the long game. We're not playing the short game. We're not just playing for Sunday. We're playing for generations from now. I, I saw a picture earlier of Pastor Dom out on, the, out on the, the golf course, and it was something I noticed. It's something that, that stuck out to me. I, I noticed that everyone else had a roller, They all had rollers for their bags. But I noticed that when Pastor Dom picked up his bag, he didn't have a roller. He put his bag on his shoulder. He put his bag on his shoulder and carried his bag. And I don't know if that was intentional or not. But I said, man, that's a guy who is committed to finishing strong. And and I want to encourage us to play the long game and finish strong. I want to encourage us not to just play this game of faith for us and, and for me and for mine and, and for what it does for me but I want to encourage you to play the game of faith for our children and our children's children and I want to encourage us to empower them and, and trust them. You know, the same Holy Spirit that moves in us is the same Holy Spirit that will move through them if we empower them and there's something about power, you know, something very special about empowering a generation. You know, when you, you know, it's not really empowering if you keep back a portion of it and you control it it's only empowering when you surrender all of it to them and i just want to encourage us as a congregation to play the long game and empower the generations i mean i mean just like push them out in front of us and say you lead today you you pray today you preach today you you go pray for the sick today you you do it today you you do it i'm right behind you if you fail i don't want you to think that i'm not here for you but i want you to know i trust you with it and i know god is going to move mightily in your life and so we got to we got to play the long game we're we're not just playing the short game of faith we're playing the long game for 40 years from now we want it to be said there's still church on the north coast we'll be gone some of us will be gone won't even be here you know but but our kids will be here our kids will still be preaching and thundering away the gospel of jesus in in a morally debased and bankrupt society they'll still be preaching the gospel of jesus if we pay attention to what's important if we focus on what matters most, so we, we do gatherings. And I, I, do, I do gatherings, I do worship, and I do students. I, I do life groups, too. I do life groups because the power of the gospel is only known to its fullest in relationships. You know, this is why Jesus... He, if information saved us, it's all, if, if all, if, if sermons saved us, Jesus would have just stayed the Word. If sermons saved you, Jesus would have just remained the Logos of God. But He didn't. It said the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us, and He entered into a covenant with twelve guys, and those twelve guys changed the world. That's the power of relationships. That's the power of covenant. It says, I got you. That's the the power that says, I'm with you till the end. I'm never leaving you just like Jesus. I'm with you till the wheels fall off. I am for you. I am not against you. I am not going to compete with you. Legacy never competes. Legacy only empowers. So we got to create relationships that are strong. Strong relationships. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this question. Don't look around. How many, how many times have you visited one another's houses? I know we come here. This is our house as a family. But let me ask you, when was the last time you went to somebody else's house here? You know, we, we, we say, you know, Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And, you know, but like, have you ever been to their house? Do you know their kids' names? Do you know what, what nights of the week they have sports? You see, Jesus really redefined family when he said, man, like he said, they, they said they came to him and they said, hey, your, your family's out here. And he said, no, my family are those who do the will of the father. It's not just, you know, it's not just in words, not cheap talk. My family are those who do it. And I want to encourage you to do it like like schedule lunch have life groups in your house. What's a life group? What are you talking about? What is this talk of life group? You know what life group is? It's it's simple. Here here, here it is. Everybody wants to make it something. Here, I'll make it something for you, all right? Here's a life group. You get together, you eat. Anybody like to eat? That's fun, man. Jesus ate all the time. He's the reason he's the bread of life, because bread is delicious. (laughs) If you don't think bread is delicious, I challenge you to stop eating it. I stopped eating it let me tell you something, bread is delicious, man. There's nothing like it. I get somewhere and they got some fresh bread. I'm like, ooh, shataba. And you put some butter on there. Man, that bread is good, right? So you eat. So we get together and we eat in one another's houses. Do it in somebody's house. You know, this is like smell what their house smells like. Not clean your house so it don't stink. You know but I'm saying? Smell. Get in somebody's house. The world wants to know, like, how do we end racism? This is how right here. I'm telling you how right here. Go into their house. You go into their house and you go in there, you go in that house. You smell the Goya, you, you know, you smell, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? You smell it. You get it on you. And then you eat it. And then you pray. Hey, anybody, <laughs> anybody Anybody in here need prayer? You'd be amazed. Everybody lifts their hands. I need prayer. I got this and I got that. And suddenly, before you know it, you you, you spend an hour praying. We 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 had the elders in my house the other day. Man, they was praying so good. I was like, just keep praying. Oh my goodness, that's so good. They were just praying, just praying. And then you know what you do? You worship. Turn the worship music on. Just turn the worship music on. And then you say goodbye. And then you do it again. And you do it again, and you do it again. And you do it again because as sure as I'm standing here crisis is going to come to our lives there's going to be a time when the enemy comes at us and he's going to try to chase us away and and none of us are are above it we're all susceptible to it and and you know this is this is like human personality one-on-one as soon as you get offended as soon as you get offended what you do is you isolate you cut yourself off, and you create distance. You stop talking, you stop calling, you stop you stop all you stop conversation. And before you know it, the more you isolate yourself, the more in danger you become. And we need to we need to be so connected that when I don't see you or hear from you, see see there's there's rarely a, 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 an eight hour period goes by where I'm not talking to Marlon. I mean there there's hey bro, what's this? What's that? What are you going on here? And it, it's not even fancy all the time it's not we're talking about nothing it's just that but if I don't see you for a while there needs to be some roots connected to one another that that I feel when you try to pull away I can feel you trying to pull away and I go get you I go get you this is the power of relationships that I'm talking about we need relationships relationships are gonna I'd rather wouldn't you rather have a strong relationship then a pew you want i mean you you want a chair take it home with you if you if the chair is going to save you take it home with you but it won't but a relationship will a relationship will come to you just like jesus and say this is what god says and, and i'm sorry and i forgive you and you know more of that i said it on sunday i'll say it again the most anointed people are those who say i'm sorry That's how you gauge anointing on people's lives. That's how I gauge it. If I never see you say, I'm sorry, if I never hear those words come out of your mouth, I begin to shake my head and go, I don't know. So relationships, I do relationships, I do life groups. And then lastly, I do community missions. Missions. Creating hope, making a difference, and leaving a legacy. These are the five things. We we gave half a million almost back to our community. This year, we want to give away a million. I'm asking you, church on the North Coast, to do these five things, to to create these, make these five things the things you do. And I'm saying you got some stuff you got to do too, but I'm saying make, at church on the North Coast, these are the five things we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on gatherings, worship, students, life groups, and community missions. We're We're going to create hope, make a difference, and leave a legacy in our communities. So I want to encourage you. Serve people, not services or agendas. We serve people. Like like we serve people. You know how you know how easy it is to make the person serve the service. Now destructive it is to say, to say, come and and do this. But we don't, that's not why we're here. We're here for them. We're here for you. We're here for each and every person in this room, everyone watching. We we serve people. Make people who you serve, not agendas or services. Serve people. Power is for serving and not self-promotion. God didn't give us all authority so we could be the man on Instagram. He didn't didn't create moments of glory so we could take snapshots of it and make reels of it so we could become insta-famous. That's not what he did. Because power, the power he gives us, he gives us to serve people, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to open blind eyes. And God always gives power where there's purpose. Purpose. If you find out what it is you're supposed to be doing, I promise you, it'll come with power. It'll prepackage. It, prepackaged. Your purpose comes prepackaged with the power of God, with the anointing of God. Your purpose comes prepackaged, man. Your sweet spot is there if you find it. You got to find it. Division is anything that violates Vision. How often does division come where vision is strong? It violates. That's what it seeks to do. And you've got to create clarity in your mind. You've got to know the vision of God for your life. This is the vision that God has given me. And this is what I'm running towards, Habakkuk two I'm going to write the vision down so I can run to it. And anything that tries to violate the vision is the vision. And I, I don't allow, I don't tolerate it. I shut it off. I shut it down. I close my ears. I, I, I excuse myself from the conversation. But I don't participate in anything that violates vision. Saying yes to everything will bring division the most annoying thing you'll do is practice saying no Marlon Marlon can't say no to nobody if you were to ask Marlon to move your furniture after the service <laughs> he would do it he'd be like yeah sure man I could do it I got five minutes And you're the same way the most anointed thing you can learn to say is no no I can't do that no I won't go there no I won't participate in that no I won't watch that no I won't say that no I won't devil no I won't think that no it's the most anointing thing no anointed thing you will say is no we are better doing less together than more individually. Did you hear me? You are better to do less together than more individually. Your one thing plus my one thing is more powerful than your everything. If we could just do, if we could just do, like, if could we just do that rather than like. Rather than getting frustrated, running down the road, starting your own thing again, can we just stay together? You do your one thing and and like, we're we're not competing. Let's just do our one things together and be more effective doing them rather than separated and and, and fractured. We could just pull all our resources, pull all our wisdom, pull all our elders praying together. Like we could do more. If we would just take our one thing and add it to each other, we could be so much more effective in the kingdom. You know how many churches are on the corners around here? I'm like, what? There was once a church over here. There's something over there now. I'm like, guys, it's going on right here. Just bring it over here. I promise you there's room. I promise you there's room. The difference between excellence and perfection is pride. Continue to improve your one thing until it's excellent compared to the last time you did it. You know, faith does not have to be perfect. Most time, almost nearly 100% of the time, faith is never perfect. It's faith. It's faith, man. Like, You know, God has done more with some of the dumbest decisions I've ever made in my life, but I did them in faith. Had no idea how or where or what. Just, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Doesn't make any sense, but I'm just going to do it. But perfection says, this is me doing it. I'm so good at this. Look at how good I am. Look how talented I am. Look at look how well I do what I do. That's pride. So we got to, oh, just take your one thing. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Take your one thing. And do it again do it again but do it better than the last time you did it that's excellence excellence is just like I'm gonna get better one degree one is greater than none I'm gonna get better next time so whatever it is you're doing just just make one step in the direction of better that's excellent service God I'm gonna do this in excellence unto you and then last the Bible It's your source to your one thing. And and I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. I don't know what it is. Pastor Dom doesn't know what it is. The prophets in the house don't know what it is. Like, they don't know. The Bible knows. The Bible is your one source. The Bible will speak to you. The Bible will confirm in you what your one thing is. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit... It will witness. When you get that word in you, it will witness. Like, that's, your, that's it right there. The word will talk to you, and it will confirm what your one thing is. Do, don't waste your time going to, I'm not telling you not to go to seminars and get, get education, but I'm telling you, like, nobody knows except you. And the, and the Bible is your one source. Let's, let's stand up and let's pray. So I want to encourage you tonight, when you get home tomorrow, make a list. Make a list of the sacred. What's the one thing God's called you to do? Now, listen, at Church on the North Coast, we're going to do those five things. We're going to do five things. But what's the one thing that is the something that God's called you to do? Define it. Write it down. And learn to say no to everything else. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you tonight that you help us to do the things that are most needed. To do the one thing, God. Articulate it now by your spirit. Through your word, articulate it. We desire to be proficient in the spirit. God, I declare over your bride, a proficiency, an accuracy, a killer instinct, God, an anointing so sharp. Right now I, I speak to insecurity over your one thing. The devil knows. He knows. That's why he attacks you there. That's why he creates insecurity there. That's why he shakes you there. That's why he distracts you from there. Because he realizes that is where you are the danger to him. That's where you're, mo- that's where you're most dangerous. So I declare confidence in the one thing God's called you to do, great boldness. Accuracy. Right now, we just edit our life. Holy Spirit, edit. Take away. God, forgive me for doing things for the attention of the world. Forgive me for doing things because I'm looking for the affirmation of man. God, I, wanted, I want my one thing to please you. I don't need the accolades of man. I want, well done, my good, and faithful servant. I want the affirmation of the Father. strength resilience right now God we just pray for any any sickness in the room thank you Jesus (laughs) Jesus you, you make alive you heal Arthritis now being healed in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Somebody's loved one tonight has dementia. Well, tonight's the night where God heals dementia. It's incurable. To this world, but all things are possible with God. Well, thank you, Jesus. We bless you tonight. Thank you, God. Confidence and boldness. Clarity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. Live right, live everybody. Pray hard. God bless you. It's the same to you.